Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, and I'm super excited today to talk about something that has kind of scared me for the longest time, which is money. And why is that? I, I do know now, but um, I think if this is something that triggers you as well, finances, savings, budgets, all the things, then you're going to want to tune in. Today, our special guest is Lisa Siri. She is with us and she is she helps women transform their finances. So enough said, I knew I had to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know you're a busy woman because, well, time is money and time is something we usually can't get back. So being, I'm going to jump straight in because I have a ton of questions for you. And I know my people do too. My people, meaning uh, the beauty professionals, this industry is um, one of many businesses like this where we're busy, we're slow. We have ebbs and flows in the business like anything, but it's one of those businesses, if you don't work, you don't make money. So um, being someone that never really knew that there was an option besides trading time for money, the idea of saving and investing and all of that stuff has kind of overwhelmed me because this industry wasn't something that was so like, I knew what I was gonna make every week. So therefore I could plan for the future. Um, so just jumping right in, if, if someone is at the age that I'm at, which is 40, is investing something that we need to look into as far as like what, um, what our goals and plans are for the future or how does someone get to, to start investing? Yeah. So essentially you do want to take note of what your goals are, what's your lifestyle like, what's meaningful to you and really understanding the why behind why you want to start investing. Because I think as women, we're just programmed to save money generally. And that comes from generally our parents and, and things that they believed. And they were also in different economic times than we are now. So saving money could get you where you want to go. But these days, as women especially, we are behind the curve compared to men when it comes to you know, what we earn and how we invest, like the, the risks that we're willing to take with our money. And investing is so important for women because we're also living longer. We have higher um, healthcare costs in retirement as well. So we have to be investing and taking advantage of the stock market. It's just necessary. It's not an option for us. So the way to start investing is to learn more about it and to expand your financial literacy, whether that be starting with a book, starting by listening to podcasts, and then really diving in from there as to what you can do to start planning for retirement. They have amazing retirement calculators online these days. There's a ton of free information on YouTube. So the information is out there. It's just a matter of finding it. Totally. Okay. So I know I jumped right in, but let's get a little bit of a backstory on you because I know that you were on Wall Street for many, many years. So give us a little backstory as to how you got where you are. Um, because I know for me, I like I said, when I started this, finances, they, they kind of scare me and overwhelming. I don't know if that's like a condition thing growing up that money didn't grow on trees, you know, all the famous sayings of things we scarcity mindset around money. So talk to us a little bit about how you got into that industry. Yes. <laughs> we, well, most of us do have a scarcity mindset around money. It's just because it's unfamiliar. Like anything else, when something's unfamiliar, we're just not confident with it. Um, and yeah, so right out of college, I started working in the finance industry um, and I stayed working in wealth management throughout my entire career. I stayed in the industry for over 15 years. 
Um, I really just loved what I was doing. I worked for asset management firms. I worked in trading. And then before I started my own business, I was working for a financial technology company and working on the back end of that side of the business where our clients were utilizing our financial tools in order to help grow their business. So financial technology is super interesting and that was really fun, but essentially, you know, my company was growing really, really fast. And I was at a place where I was like, I'm 39, <laughs> you know, what's coming up for me next. And I had been like in the male dominated industry for so long and the hustle, I was a bit burnt out. And also that I didn't really want to keep helping the top financial institu institutions in the world make more money. I wanted to help women make money. And so I was really started to think about how I could do that and really impact women's lives and help women. Jeez, well, thank God for people like you that are paying attention to people who are like me, who maybe haven't paid enough attention to our finances and money to get us where we want to go. I think if you weren't lucky enough to be talked to about this when you were growing up or have these be um, really put in the front of your mind when you're going into business, um, that was one of the main things that pushed me into wanting to coach beauty professionals was because there is so much money to be made in this industry and so many people can make easily six figures. But if you were to ask them where their money was going, nine times out of 10, they spend it before they make it. And um, secondly, the, the word budget, it's, it's not so much that they're scared of the word budget, but it's like the, the pushback I get is how do you budget when you don't quite know what you're going to make for the month or the week? Um, and so going through doing numbers, if someone is completely overwhelmed with their books, their numbers, and they're running their own business, because most of us are basically like independent entrepreneurs, where would someone even get started if they're trying to get a hold of their finances and figure out what's coming in versus what's going out? Yeah, I think essentially it's really important to do a financial audit. And this is usually the scariest part for people. When you're not comfortable with money, you're like, oh, I got to pull back the curtain and see what's really going on here, how I'm spending money each month, the, the amount of money my business is bringing in, all of that. And it can feel like a lot, especially if you are an entrepreneur, right? Because you essentially you're managing your personal finances, but you also have your business finances. So you have double the duty. And so the first thing is really just to look at and have a financial audit, both a personal financial audit and a business financial audit, because you have to understand your cash flows. That is rule number one. And no, it's rule number one. <laughs> rule number one. Understand your cash flow. Yeah. And then beyond that, I think what's helpful is to, you know, you can have a balance sheet for your business. And this is where you can bring in a bookkeeper or an accountant to help you. But you can really simplify it for yourself because there's a lot of complicated terms that are on a balance sheet, but you can really just look at it in terms of like, what are your assets and what are your expenses? What's the money coming in each month? What are you holding on to and keeping? And then what's going out each month? And again, that's related to your cash flows. So you really have to be honest with yourself about having and essentially budgeting. I actually hate the word budget. I usually call it a spending plan because I feel like budget is restrictive, but following a spending plan and having that both for yourself and for your business. And not to say that you, you have to be, you don't want to be really rigid and in a scarcity mindset about it because money is a flow. It's an energy. It's more for your awareness and, and for planning purposes. I, I relate 
the word bu- budget as well to like a diet. Um, I hate the word all, <laughs> and it's almost like intuitive eating should be like intuitive spending. You'll know if you have a busy month versus a busy or slow month, you know, you'll know if you've eaten too much and whether you should have that, those extra carbs or the whatever, you know, on, t- on top of that. So <laughs> that's so funny that you say that, like, it's, it's such an energy because I feel like it's an energy exchange when you're doing the client services at the salon. And then it's an equal energy exchange when you go and spend the money. And so I love our, one of our mentors, Chris Harder is always say when good people make good money, they can do great things. And I realized about three or four years ago that I wanted to do more. And so therefore I realized I needed to make more money in order to have a bigger impact in the world and to be able to share and to like do more things. Um, but that's when I slowly realized that like, I was kind of conditioned that six figures, meaning a hundred thousand dollars was kind of it in this industry that like, if you've made six figures, then, then you've made it. Well, six figures could be upwards of almost a million, right? 999,000 is still six figures. Um, and that was kind of an interesting aha when I got into the coaching and I created the program called the six figure stylist. I actually got people saying, I don't think I need your program. I already make six figures. And I thought, oh my gosh, okay, cool. I'm not the only one who felt like an asshole for the longest time. (laughs) In my mind, maybe you're not driven by money, but when you get people's goals and the things that they, they want in life, it, it all, it all comes into the money would purchase those things. It would give them freedom to travel. It would give them freedom to have the car, the house, the whatever that they wanted. And, I, and I'm like, well, bitch, you, you want to be rich then? You need to make more money. Like you can't, like <laughs> six figures in San Diego is shit these days, right? Like you've got to have a decent amount of money in the bank. You can't qualify to buy a home if you're only making $100,000 a year. Like the taxes are insane. So um, I think understanding your cash flow is definitely first and foremost. And I didn't even have like my own um, separate hair by Jessica business account um, with the bank until probably, I don't know eight or nine years ago when I went in there to talk about getting a uh, business loan to open a salon, they looked at me and they said, well, you only have one account. You're personal. You don't even show you have a business. And so it took a random teller at the bank telling me that I needed to open a business account, you know? And so I was like, well, okay. And he goes, well, come back in two years after you've shown some cash flow in there and we can see that you actually make what you're showing. And then we'll talk to you. Um, and it was crazy because even then after three or four years, when I went back to get a loan, to open the salon, they, they said, you all, you don't make enough money. And so of course, being the fact that we are a cash-based sometimes business, um, showing what you make and being honest and ethical about what's coming in is something that, yes, this industry is really cool and that you can come into cash. You can spend it before you even claim it, not, not promoting that, but just saying that's one of the, this is one of these businesses that happens. Um, but for those of you looking to invest into, purchase and have what she called assets, you need to be able to show income. And so the, the perks for showing the income that you make can help you later on down the road. Can you explain that to people a little bit more in depth for those that are still stuck in that? I get the cash. I spend the cash. No one needs to know I made the cash. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge thing because we are taught how to make money and, but we're not taught how to keep money. Mm. And so especially in, in the the beauty space and for hairstylists that can be there's just a lot behind that and like you said having separate bank accounts is so important i think it's most people just think it's easier to combine them and i'll just i'll just put everything into one it's easier um 
but even when it comes to personal finance, having multiple accounts and making sure it's just automating things. So it flows to your financial goals and how you want to set things up is super helpful. So having separate business and personal accounts is absolutely essential. And like you said, um, yeah, especially when you're applying for a loan or whatever the, the bank needs to see, you know, how you've been paying yourself, what your cash flows are, all of those important details. So I'm not sure, did that answer your question exactly or? Yeah, I think I was more making a statement of, around okay. the story I had told myself too, because yes, you're right. It was easier just to have one account. There was only one bank fee. There wasn't all the the different accounts to keep track of. It's like this, all the Instagram accounts I have now too. Um, but as soon, <laughs> let me just tell you, this isn't funny, but about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. So I've been doing hair for 20 years, right? So there were many times where I was on commission so I was getting a check. So I wasn't always totally fully responsible for having like a separate account. It was like, I got paid. It was all one thing, but now being an independent owner. And then those of you who are salon suite owners, those of you who are booth renters, this would apply to you um, or anybody looking to go into the independent space. You need to be able to keep things separate so that you can understand what's coming in. Like she said, but also when it comes time to paying taxes, um, I don't know how many of you guys have gotten caught on the back end when it's time to pay your taxes and you didn't pay your quarterlies or you're getting penalized for not paying the quarterlies. Um, socking money away every week based on what you think you're going to make should be something that's easy to do. And I, for me, I just have it taken out every Monday. It goes into a separate savings account. And when it comes time to pay the taxes, my QuickBooks, my girlfriend, who she's luckily done my taxes for this entire time, she takes the money, whoop, pays it. I never see it. I never miss it. It's never an issue. Um, and automating that has been a thousand percent uh, a lifesaver. I don't stress about it anymore. Um, but my question too that I wanted to talk about was for those of us who are looking to invest, who are looking to put some stuff into retirement, because if you are independent, you probably don't have a set retirement like a lot of corporate jobs do. Um, I pay out of pocket for health insurance and it was hard for me to determine what percentage needed to go into a, a retirement account. And then with all of the things you can invest in now, people doing the trading on their phone. My one girlfriend, she's like into stocks. She's like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I'm like, where did you learn this? She's like, YouTube. <laughs> I get that that's where we get a lot of information, but it scares me to be like, oh, I'm just going to get a Charles Schwab account, start throwing money at this. And that. I don't know what I'm doing. So if you have any debt, are you still encouraged to put something away into retirement or how do you see fit for doing something like that? Yeah, I think that investing is always important, whether you have debt or not. High interest debt, obviously, that's when you really have to say, okay, well, how much a high interest debt do I have? Because paying that off is going to be your top priority because the average stock market return annually for the past century has been 10% per year. But we can't base what's going to happen in the future on history. We can only get an idea from that. So 10% return versus if you have a credit card where you're paying 20% interest, obviously you're not gonna make that up in the stock market, right? So um, that's a matter of just thinking a bit about that. But when you have those low interest debts, like a car loan or a mortgage, like putting extra money towards that doesn't always make sense when you're like, okay, well, I'm behind for retirement planning. So okay, let me figure out how much I want to put towards my retirement. And this is where a retirement calculator is extremely helpful to go to nerdwallet.com, look at one of their retirement calculators, punch in some numbers to see if you're on track for retirement. 
And, and what I always say is that when you are paying yourself in your business, uh, it's a good idea to have about 20% set aside for your financial goals. So whether that be saving or investing, paying off debt, a combination, um, that's a good amount to start with. And certainly if you can do more, then absolutely do more because you don't have an employer plan that you can invest in for retirement. The weight is on you to plan for your financial future. And you have to think that you know, most people, if they retire at age 67 is the retirement age. Maybe you don't want to retire at 67. Maybe you want to retire later. Maybe you want to retire earlier. But two to 10 millennials these days will live to over age 100. So that's 30 years that we have to plan for beyond our working years. That's a lot of time, right? So we have to make sure that we're adequately planning for that. So when investing, if you're a beginner, I always say to keep it simple, you may find, you know, like one fund or two funds that you want to invest in, try and find low cost opportunities. A lot of people, you've probably heard the term S&P 500 index fund, it's talked about all over social media, that's an option for you. Um, you can also, you know, get an idea of you want to understand what your risk tolerance is to when investing, and that's something to consider. Um, so if you go, you can just search in Google for a, uh, a, risk, um, a risk assessment calculator or a risk tolerance calculator, and you can also find kind of what your risk tolerance is, and that will give you an idea of how much you'd want to invest in equity, which is stocks, or a type of basket investment like an S&P 500 index fund versus a more conservative investment like a, a bond type of fund. So that's a good place to start. And I think most people think that it has to be overly complicated and it really doesn't. Uh, what I always see is that most people get into stocks too soon before they understand the basics. And you wanna be diversified initially when you start investing. And when you invest in like an S&P 500 index fund, you own pieces of the top 500 companies in the U.S. stock market. So you're automatically diversified when you're investing into that. I always say that stock investing, I like to think of investing like as a cupcake. Your foundation, your cake layer is those index funds or those basket investments where you have the built-in diversification. The second layer is more, not the second layer, the frosting is more like stocks where you really only once you're diversified then you maybe want to have you know whatever is comfortable for you every person is different maybe you want to have five percent of your portfolio in stocks maybe you're comfortable having like 15 percent of your portfolio in stocks it depends on the person so you can start dabbling in stocks at that point based on good companies that you're interest interested in but you want to know that it's important to know that when investing in stocks, you have to watch them and you have to have a plan for them. Um, you want to generally buy a stock and hold it, but that there are different types of investing. So when you start investing in stocks, you really have to be dedicated to learning more about investing and then really the, the, the cherry on top of the cupcake or the sprinkles is when you invest in like alternative asset classes, whether you want to invest in real estate investment trusts or, or cryptocurrency, 
commodities, anything like that is kind of that next level. So I like to think of investing kind of as a cupcake. Got it. Okay. So for those who don't necessarily want to pay attention to stocks, who those things still scare them, overwhelm them, they just want to put their money somewhere where it's safe. They want to maybe pay a, a, a set amount every month and to just do the reverse engineer of like what you said about going to one of those retirement calculators and figuring it out. Um, mm -hmm. Would you suggest going and getting like a 401k with somebody or getting into an investment like that where they easily just take out the money every month and you don't have to worry about it because they kind of do that for you over there, don't they? Yeah. So this is where it depends on, so how you're set up as a business. So you have the option of investing in IRAs as a business owner, you have, um, you can invest in like a traditional Roth IRA, but those have lower uh, contribution limits, annual contribution limits, then different options that are more tailored to business owners. So you want to have a good understanding of the basic IRAs versus SEP IRAs, which where you can contribute a higher amount, or even if you have employees working for you, setting up a 401k. So there are various options and it really depends on what how your business is set up. So that is something to look into. What I find that a lot of women like to start with is just looking into a robo-advisor. And what's wonderful about robo-advisors is that essentially they're doing all the work for you. So all you have to do is transfer money into that account. You decide on the type of account, you transfer money into that account on a regular basis. They're going to create an ETF portfolio for you. An ETF is exchange traded fund meaning that they choose investments that are, they're essentially, for the most part, they're automated investments. Like if you think of a mutual fund, a mutual fund is more like the original type of basket investment. And obviously we can't go too deep into it today, but with a mutual fund, you always have a, you have a team of people behind that mutual fund managing the investments within it, right? But with an exchange traded fund and, and, and the S&P 500 is an example of that um, type of index fund is that you don't have a team of people behind that. So the costs for investing in that are lower because those investments are just tracking the average performance of a stock market benchmark, essentially. So when you go to a robo advisor, they're creating a portfolio for you of those types of investments. It's lower cost. All of it is done for you and it's very easy just to contribute money into it each month and then that's it <laughs> it's very simple I, I definitely think that was helpful for a lot of people because i think it, you gave us a couple different tiers of how how invested you want to be literally mentally not just like with your actual money so rule number one she said you guys got to understand your cash flow so first things first if any of this sounds like a foreign language to you like it did for me for the longest time start asking questions, start looking around as to what you'd be interested in putting your money into. Like I said, one of my best friends went down the deep end of YouTube and has learned everything there is to learn about um, investing on her own. She has all these apps on her phone. She loves it. She's into it. For me, not so much. I want to be told what to do and I want to have some help and guidance. So people like Lisa, I'm sure has she has a program that she can help you figure out, especially um, for women, just 
understanding your finances and not being so scared and what to do with your money, which I think I definitely need to jump in your course because I need to be more, um, I, I want to speak the language more. I want those big words that you're using to make more sense to me. And I want to be in more control of my money. And the only way that you can feel more confident in, in any of that is, is to learn the language. So, um, I think a lot of times when things overwhelm us or scare us, we kind of like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But at some point, you know, if, if I have that many more years left to live, if, if, let's hope I can live to be 90 or so. I, I don't want to be a doing hair for that long and B, um, you know, what are my options? So I think 20% was the minimum. She said, you should sock away and start saving, or at least think about contributing to one of these many things she gave us options on. Um, if we follow you on social media, will we learn some, I know you're into woo woo spiritual too and manifestation. Do you want to touch on that a little bit too? Because that's one of the things I think um, attracted me to you so much is your reels are hilarious and funny. And just like the way you talk about money, you're like, bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yes, I do embody the woo side of, of finance too. Um, what I learned after so many years working in the investment industry is that women, I firmly believe that women don't need to invest the same way that men do. And it's actually not beneficial for us to be in that such masculine energy about um, it's important to plan for the future and have the strategy and the plan and execute upon that. But also, how can we just have fun with it at the same time? And I love when women tell me that, okay, you made finance kind of fun. Like it's kind of, it's a dry topic generally, but you took the pressure off. I just naturally built more financial confidence, slowly learning it, knowing that I could do it imperfectly because I think a lot of us as women just get in our heads about doing things so perfectly. And they're afraid of making the mistakes when investing really is what it comes down to. And it doesn't matter if you make a stake mistakes with investing. I've made many mistakes, many, many mistakes. You just still, you will still end up ahead because you are investing compared to people who aren't investing. So don't be afraid to invest. Uh, the terminology can be a little overwhelming at first in, in the, especially in, a, you know, like with Wall Street lingo, there's like seven terms that always mean the same thing. And it's, I think that's what was most overwhelming for me in the beginning. So just know that it doesn't have to be as complicated as you think it is. You can simplify it quite a bit. Definitely, I love that. And I think if you don't have separate accounts for your businesses, now that is a also first step to go do today. If you can take the time to just separate the accounts and to really pay attention to what's coming in versus what's going out. Um, I like I everyone knows I really everything to fitness. That's why I love those things like my fitness pal where you can track what's going in because most people think they eat a lot less calories than they really do. Just like I know a lot of people think they spend a lot less money than they really do. Um, I'll never forget I went through a client's um, uh, account and it was it was they were trying to figure out numbers and we were trying to figure out budgeting and things like that, which I love the new term. What, what did we call it? Spending plan. Spending plan. Their spending plan. And uh, we were just trying to like itemize things. And I was like, do you see how often you go to 7-Eleven? I said, you could, you could literally <laughs> drive a Range Rover for how much you go to 7-Eleven. And they were like, holy shit, you know, it was a couple of drinks and a coffee and snacks. I'm like, you got a plan. We got to go to the grocery store. It had nothing to do with like meal prepping or fitness. It was all about the budget. And I'm like, sometimes you don't even realize where the money is going. You know, you Starbucks every single day. And it's like, if you put that six or $7 a day towards a program on learning how to invest or putting that into your 401k or just separating it from your account and making coffee at home. 
you know, it's like little things where, like you said, it doesn't have to be so all or nothing. I think that's sometimes overwhelming. People think I'm so far behind. I have to put $2,000 a month in. Well, just start where you can. Uh, so where can people find you so they can learn a little bit more and feel a little less intimidated about their finances? Yes. Start. Well, first of all, I want to say starting where you can is so important because like a $20 consistent wealth building habit will compound so quickly over time. It's really the littlest adjustments to your spending. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. I am at Lisa Siri Finance. I would love to connect with you guys. I also do um, investing tutoring these days and strategy sessions. So if that's something that any of your audience ever needed help with, I'm happy to assist, but I appreciate you having me here. I think it's a lot of fun. A team one, I should get a group of people together um, and we can all kind of learn and come to, to Lisa's school and, and just kind of squash the overwhelm, take action on what it's going to look like for us. Because for me, I know being in the industry 20 years, um, I, I want a game plan on what's going to happen when I'm done. And I want that for you guys too. So if any of you listening, if you have questions, please send them over to Lisa or myself and we'll be sure to get those answered for you. But again, follow Lisa on Instagram. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was awesome. I feel like I've learned a bit and I also was re-reminded of the things that, you know, often we already know, but we sometimes think, I just won't pay attention to it till later and then later will be too late. So start wherever you are. Lisa, thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Absolutely.